HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Q Drinks, carbonated mixers made for your cocktail. Visit their website at qdrinks.com. That's Q, the letter, drinks.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. Uh, my name is Southern Teague, and today Damon Bolte uh, is not joining us. He is uh, off in the Hamptons doing some doing some work. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. But uh, in the st- <laughs> thanks, Dave. Uh, in the studio today we have uh, Reynolds. Uh, just eponymous, just one name, right? Reynolds. Reynolds or Reynolds Reynolds or now on Facebook I'm Reynolds Reynolds Reynolds. So. That's, a, that's a lot of Reynolds rap. That's a lot of rap, yeah. Uh, from Black Crescent over in the Lower East Side. Again with the wah, wah, wah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, the Black Crescent is an amazing place. Um, you and I, yeah, Black Crescent, Black Crescent blowing up. Um, you and I worked together in the past at... Uh, the now defunct Booker and Dax. Wow, rest in peace. I love that place. Yeah, man. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, did, did you get to go over and do one of the nights of, uh, like, let's, let's, like, you know, at the end? Yeah. No, I'm uh, very much a procrastinator and did not respond to the email mm. on time. I sent one out, I think, the day before and was adamant about doing it, but was unable to. But I went over there. Because it didn't get scheduled in. Yeah. Because it was uh, like three nights, right? I did, yeah. I did a night and it was... I went the last night to big, give Dave a big hug and then they did. They came over after hours. Oh, I came too. Don't you remember? Yes, Probably you don't remember. Oh, Maybe you don't I, remember. I remember. <laughs> I, oh, I remember. Um, and they brought a hot poker. Dave brought me a hot poker as a gift. I plugged it in. It doesn't work though. I think he knew who he was giving it to. Yeah, well, maybe your bar doesn't need a hot poker. Maybe not. Uh, floating around in there. <laughs> We've also got in the studio a couple of friends from Australia, um, listeners from Australia that happened to come into my bar last month and tell me uh, that they'd love to come sit in on the show. So I just want to say hello to Mary and Matt. Hello. Hey. Hey, Hi good guys. to see you both. Um, anyway, so listen, you just won a uh, – hey, guys, there's some fellas outside too – um, you just won uh, a cool thing we were just talking about right before the show went on air from 
Red Bull. Yeah, we did. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, we did a cocktail competition between three bars in the Lower East Side. It was Schiller's Liquor Bar, Nightcap, and Black Crescent. That all hosted um, two different bartenders from around the city. Um, they each had a different Red Bull cocktail, and uh, and it was a bar crawl between each three bars. And each bar also had a different theme. And uh, Schiller's was a burlesque theme. Nightcap was like almost Little Mermaid under the sea theme. And then we did American Psycho. <laughs> and um, you're such a fucking wild dog, man. <laughs> well, it was a lot of fun decorating. We covered the whole bar in plastic tarps and then threw red paint everywhere. And had axes on every table. They were all fake. Um, and then we all wore. At least you have a limit. Plastic tarps. Yeah, we do. Yes, yes. There isn't real axe in the kitchen, but that's just for fun. Um, and, uh, and so each bar was judged on the decorating, and then also each bartender was judged on the cocktails. And um, Nightcap won for best bar. For the decoration. Yeah, and for the best theme. And then um, I won for best cocktail somehow. It was great. That's an interesting sort of methodology. That, does that mean that none of the competitors got to see the other competitor's bar because you were at your bar doing your thing? Kind of, yeah. So it was, it was uh, I th- there was points of the night where it was slow enough where people could sneak out for a little bit. Right, because you're all close. Yeah. Uh, we're all within two blocks, which, is the, which was the idea. And it was called League Night. Um, so it was like a bowling league night, so everybody wore bowling shirts and all that stuff. Um, Jeremy Buck and Megan Ashley yep. put it on, along with Red Bull. Um, and it was a blast. I have not had that much fun making Red Bull cocktails ever in my life. <laughs> what was your cocktail? Uh, my cocktail was inspired by Jack Schramm from Booker and Dax and now the Nomad. But it was a Ramos Gin Fizz. And instead of soda water, I used Tangerine Red Bull. So, but straight it, up otherwise, just gin, orange flower water. That yeah. actually sounds pretty fucking tasty. And it tastes like a creamsicle. It was great. Yeah. So, um, and everybody else that was in it had awesome cocktails too. I was very surprised that mine was picked out of it, but, um, but yeah, it, it ended up being great. And so now I get to go to Austria and go to the Red Bull Event Center and fly in a helicopter that goes upside down and drive an F1 race car. And um, I'm going to take my little brother. He's never been out of the country, so. They spare no expense on the Red Bull prizes. It's crazy. Holy shit, that yeah. sounds amazing. I actually just booked the flights today, so this morning before I came in. When do you go? We're leaving on March 6th, and his birthday's on the 9th, so I want to be there while we're over his birthday. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I saw the prize for that um, contest maybe a little later than I wanted to because if I'd have seen that prize a helicopter that goes upside down I'm yeah, in it's crazy I'm not very good on roller coasters either so we'll see what happens but and I think a lot of people saw that prize too late too because they're not I mean there's quite a few people that that entered into it but a lot of people were kind of like what that's what you're gonna do so, yeah it's kind of cool that's a high incentive level of I, competition I also called him and told him what we're gonna do and told him that we're gonna go to Austria and do this Red Bull stuff and on the phone I expected maybe the phone to just drop and hit the floor but instead he said does that mean I have to get a passport it's like <laughs> yeah it does thanks for being excited cut from the same cloth <laughs> <laughs> cut from the same cloth so where is he right now where does he live he lives back home from Nebraska which is where I'm from yeah that's what I was gonna to talk to you about yeah what made you jump from ne- where in Nebraska Lincoln Lincoln Omaha yeah yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Lincoln's home my college roommate was from Omaha, Nebraska. I'm sorry. Tiny, is it a tiny town? Would you know the Savitas family? Absolutely not. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that small. All right, well. There's cars there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah more than one red light. Mm-hmm. No, no horses. <laughs> uh, uh, so you came from Lincoln, Nebraska. When, what, what made you move to New York City? 
Uh, New York was my last stop. I've, I lived in Chicago for a while. Oh, so did I. In Denver. Um, Chicago was great. It was my, the first big city I moved to. Um, Me Denver, too. And then moved to Vancouver for a while in B.C. And then I lived in an Airstream uh, trailer for about a year driving around the country with a friend of mine. And he dropped me off in Rochester, New York. And I stayed up there for a while and worked for a company called Wegmans, which yeah, is yeah. a great grocery store chain that does a lot of stuff for the community. And I did their organic food sections. So you weren't bartending all these places you went? I was bartending in, in Chicago and in Denver and in Vancouver, yes. I, that would be my side job. So I worked for Virgin Records for years. And then bartending was always the main thing like that, that, would, that, would, be, that would subsidize my income. But New York is where I cut my teeth. Yeah. What so, was your, so when, you, when did you arrive in New York City? Um, now seven and a half years ago. And um, a big job for me and a big influence on me was a gentleman named Sam Anderson. Uh, he does the bar program for Mission Chinese right now mm-hmm. and used to do it at um, Hotel Del Mono. But I came in and helped him do Black Market and Lovers of Today. And um, <clears throat> over yeah, right on, across the street from me. Yeah, on 7th and A, exactly. Those were my first bar jobs. And then from there, went to the Beagle. I had no idea that those two places had been there that long. I knew the Black Market was there, but I didn't know. Because yeah. Lovers of the Day is kind of underground. Love, and Lovers opened a year after Black Market. Okay. So, and then there's Cabin down below, which is down there. Yep. Um, but then I, then I just hit up Dan, and Tom, Dan Greenbaum and Tom Richter every, every day to try to get a job at the Beagle. Because that was like, I wanted to go learn with them. I wanted to go see how their cocktails were done. I know Tom is like, he's a method man. Yes. So, um, and then finally. I gave him one and three quarter thumbs up. Because <laughs> that's all he's got to give back now. Nailed it. <laughs> he, found a, he found a fingertip of mine in the ice one night at the Beagle. Oh, so, Jesus Christ. We have that in common. <laughs> well, you, at least you got yours back. Mine his, grew back, yeah. His it's is gone for good. crazy how much lizards we are still. His is gone for good. I know. Poor guy. <laughs> he's fine. He was on the show a few weeks ago. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, and and Sarah, I met Sarah Morrissey there. She was on recently too. She was her, your last guest, I think. Uh, two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, so wait a minute. Let's it's back up. Let's back up. So black market lovers of today. Then and the then beagle. The beagle. Yeah. So you you pestered them until they gave you a job. Yeah. You're a very persistent person. This I know of you. I am. Yeah, and almost just I think you could just call it annoying. Really. That's kind of what I meant. Um, and uh, and they finally <laughs> let me in. I worked there for a little while, and then went to. What, did Booker and Dax for a little while too? How did you make that transition? Tristan, Tristan Willie. Yeah, Tristan met me at another bar that I was working at called Fig Nineteen. And him and Robbie Nelson came in and they asked me if I wanted to work at Booker. And that's when I met you. That's, that is when you met me. Yes, because that's you know that's my tie into Booker as well. Weirdly, Tristan worked for me at a more. Yeah, and then sneakily he was like, I got this gig with Momofuku, but I can't talk about it. He, has the, he had the coolest job. And then he comes back to me and he says, hey, my boss knows you. <laughs> yeah. Because Dave Arnold knew me from Culinary Times. Of course. And then he said, hey, we, we need you on the team so you can teach people how to use these culinary machines. Did he know you when you worked with Alton then, too? Uh, knew of me. Knew of you. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that was how I got tied in. And, um, and it was a great experience. I've never learned so much from, from one crazy person ever. And that meaning Dave Arnold. I, I just love I, I love learning from Dave Arnold. I think that makes sense. You seem to have a similar sensibility to him. A little bit wild eyed, a little bit uh kind of a gambler. Yeah. You, you you to me have always seemed like a risk taker. 
Is, yeah. is that incorrect analysis? Yeah, you? nothing's thought out that much, really. <laughs> <laughs> Fly by the seat of your pants. Well, that's got to be untrue because yeah. I remember when I worked with you, you were talking about opening your own bar. It's true. Which is where we're at now. But oh. there's lots to talk about in between then and now. But let's just talk about the beginnings of it. Um, yeah, well. How did it all begin and how did it go? You know, it's weird. What was the name of the space before you took it over? It was called Alias. Alias. Yeah. So Old diner. Yeah. Well, it was actually kind of a nice place. It was an old diner. Then it became a nice place, but they kept the name. Yes, yeah. yeah. Because this is a little weird side story about me. Um, when I first moved to New York, okay, back way up, I went to culinary school. I graduated in 1993 out in San Francisco. But when I finally came to New York, I bumped into a guy that I had gone to school with. His name was Anthony Rose, and he was the chef at Alias. And I went there and ate dinner one time. And he was from Canada. I ate there one time. And I was like, glad to find this old friend that I haven't seen in so long. And I got to see him one time. And then that same week, he got deported to Canada. He was out. Got deported back to Canada. Who gets deported to Canada? I know of two people in my life who have been deported to Canada. Right? We don't deport people back to Canada. No. It's ridiculous. It's Trump's America now. We'll see what happens. Oh, Jesus. We try not to talk politics. Sorry. (laughs) That's all right. Another explosion. Um, you're blowing up. Um, okay, so you say you're 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 kind of a seat of your pants kind of guy, but that's untrue because the space that you built looks like it took some meticulous thought. You gut you gutted the place that was Alias. We did, yes, and um, and uh, so the way it started was my partner um, Carlos Baz uh, has been a friend of mine for for years now, and we have another partner whose name is Richard who owns a seafood company called Wild Edibles and um, he wanted to open a bar he needed a bar person Carlos is also a bar person um, but they came and visited me at a couple places that I worked at and um, we figured out that I was the right fit to work with them so we we all decided on did you, so you guys didn't really know each other beforehand? Richard and I did not, no it was just uh, you guys drinking together and yeah. hanging out? yeah, and him, com- him coming into the bar like he would come into Booker and Dax and check it out he would he would just he would be around with Carlos. So and um nice. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new guest walking in the door. Get yourself settled. This mic is for you. This headphones are for you. We'll, we'll intro you in a sec. Um and then yeah, so we we did uh we we had a couple meetings. We nailed down a, Carlos and I nailed down a business plan to uh, to to present it to him and then um after that we just kind of started looking for spaces and um once we found the right one, we looked at a couple places that are near now where the Wayland's at. Um, but then, um, then a hurricane happened. Oh yeah, that little hurricane, oh. Sandy. Yeah, and that space got flooded, so we moved on to another spot. I forgot and about this. I do remember you telling me you had a space, and then yeah. you backed out of it. Yeah, it's like so we had a flood and a fire. And um, <laughs> we'll get to that later. That's the second half of the show. And uh, and so then we found this. We found Alias, and Alias also happens to be women that we've known too through the restaurant industry. Mary Beth and Janet are are very well known on Lori's side. They know Wiley Dufresne very well, who we knew, who was neighbors of ours. Neighbors, yeah, you, WD fifty exactly. So um, so finding that corner spot was a blessing. And then gutting it and figuring out how we wanted it to look was also was a was a was a new step um, in trying to f- trying to not fly by the seat of my pants. I sure. Guess. Well, can you like sum up the aesthetic of the place in, in a couple? The of bar short is words? an upside down ship. Um, so if you look at the ceiling, it's the, the the arches that are on the back end are like a sail. When you look at the ceiling, that would be the bottom of the ship. Um, the entire bar itself. Uh, 
is made out of metal and wood on the top, and it also is on legs, so you can see underneath the bar. And the idea behind that was if you were getting off a ship, a fishing vessel, and you were harvesting oysters or fish or whatever, there'd be a table on the dock where people would be shucking oysters and cutting fish for all the men coming off, and that's the bar. So that's where you come and you belly up and you have your oysters and your seafood and your drinks at the table where you can see underneath it. That was the idea behind it. And also very communal. So everything's a oh, high yeah. top. High tops, yeah. communal tables, really fun place to yeah. be. My favorite part of the bar is the bathroom um, because we got uh, Angostura labels. Angostura bitters? Yes. Um, it was a battle for a little bit. I, I, I just asked bars to give me their empty bottles, and I like I got like trying to peel them off. Three hundred bottles, trying to peel them off. I was like, this is a nightmare. So finally, I just emailed Angostura. I was like, can we get sample labels from you? Because we want to put we want to put wallpaper in our bar. I didn't tell them where. I just said in our bar because I didn't really know. And so they sent me a bunch of labels, and we used them. And then I sent them a really nice photo, and they were very upset that it was in the bathroom. But your entire bathroom, floor to ceiling, is wallpaper with Angostura labels. It looks dope. Yeah, it's cool. But they were not happy. And I think, I don't know if it's, I, I asked them if they'd ever been into a cool New York City bathroom before. They didn't bite. I right, it's definitely a up, thing in yeah. New York to have a cool bathroom. Yeah, you know, either a really shitty one or a really cool one. So, yeah. and I, I'm, yeah, we, it was a, it was a weird email to get and I felt really bad and I was worried that I would never be able to get Angostura bitters ever again, but we're okay. <laughs> I don't think they're that vindictive. <laughs> um, listen, it's mid-show. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. Um, and uh, then when we come back from the break, we're going to introduce our entering guest. And there's a couple of bottles now on the table that we should probably crack open and get into. So let's take uh, a couple of minutes to hear from our sponsor. I'm Jordan Silbert, founder and CEO of Q Drinks. We're proud to support the Speakeasy. At Q Drinks, we make spectacular carbonated mixers crafted to mix with your favorite spirits. Based right here in Brooklyn, we're available nationally in six flavors, including Q Tonic Water for spectacular gin and tonics and Q Ginger Beer for spectacular Moscow mules. I started the company after a night in my backyard with good gin, really good friends, and lousy tonic water. I realized the world needed better mixers, so I made them. Q-Drinks uses real ingredients, a lot less sugar, and a lot more carbonation. The result? Clean, crisp, spectacular beverages that bring out the best in your favorite spirits. Using Q-Drinks, it's easy to create terrific drinks with just two pours. One to two ounces of your favorite spirit, and three to four ounces of Q poured over ice in a highball glass. It's simple and spectacular. Q-Drinks. Make your drink spectacular. All right, we are back. Um, sorry, my headphones aren't quite functioning properly. Um, so, mid show, in walked uh, Leif Huckby from. Is that right, Huckby? Huckman. Huckman, sorry. Mm-hmm. I just botched it anyway. That's all right. Uh, from the Donna. Uh, and you're kind of our surprise. You're our guest's guest. Special uh, guest. Yeah. Uh, Reynolds, <laughs> Reynolds said he had a guest on the show today, so, <laughs> so I'm just going to step out and let you guys do it. No. Um, <laughs> But the reason that you're here, and kind of right where we were getting to as we left uh, before the break, is that all that effort and energy that, to build that beautiful upside-down ship of a bar at the Black Crescent, um, well, what happened next? 
Uh, well, it burned the fuck down. Yeah, to the ground. Yeah, I don't know if I can use language or not. Oh yeah, but it burned down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we had an electrical fire two days after the new year in two thousand. At that point, how long had you been open? We were open for um, a year and three days. One year and three days. Yeah. And you had electrical fire. Had electrical fire in the basement. Uh, we were thankfully working and open. It was a Friday night. Um, had customers in the bar. Yeah, ours was a Saturday night. Yeah, I'm gonna while you while you continue talking a little bit, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open this bottle. Yes, of, please. Uh, some smoky mezcal. Yes, to go along with this fire story that you're telling. Some Del Miguel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I brought the fancy one too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, got, we had the plastic cups. We had the fire. That sounded really good on the microphone too. Mm. Uh, we had the fire on a Friday night. Thank you. And um, luckily, my partners, Carlos and Dustin, were there with me. Um, Carlos got all the customers out of the bar, onto the street. Dustin and I went to the basement with fire extinguishers, tried to find out where the fire was at. We found it was in the office, right next to our liquor room, where bottles of booze were bursting because the fire had gotten so hot by then. Right. You showed me some of the bottles that you saved after the fact. Yeah. You gave me one, actually. It's at my house. Yeah. I gave you an old overall one. Yeah. Um, we saved we saved a lot of the bottles. We made a shelf with the bottles. But um, but yeah, so we, we had the fire. It was a nightmare. Um, and then we were ready to reopen within four months. And, uh, and then it took Con Ed about ten months to turn our gas back on. Ten months. So four months later, you were ready to open. Ten we, more months, they stalled you. Fourteen months. Fourteen months closed. In Longer total. than you were open. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was the real kick in the nuts was just knowing that we're we're getting told every month that it's going to happen it's going to happen it's going to happen file your paperwork again file it well elect- I saw a few articles in in some press about your particular situation yeah yeah we we talked we reached out a few times we didn't know if it would be a good idea or a bad idea but we also just as far as Con Ed was considered or concerned but we wanted to tell people that knew us. Outside of just seeing them at a bar, letting them know in the press that we are coming back. And we also were very fortunate, and I think Leaf was as well, that we have a lot of friends in the industry that really reached out and helped us a lot, too. Within yeah. the first week, Erica, um, who works at Portslight now, and I think she's maybe one of the speed rack girls now. She's, I think she got the wild card. But anyway, she did our first fundraiser, done Award 3. It was huge. And um, I did one for you. Yeah, we did it at Morton Margo. We did a two weeks notice. Yep. Um, we did one extra fancy. And yeah. Mother's Mother's Ruin. And so I mean, we just it was very fortunate to have this community. And I, I've worked a lot of places, like I said, and New York City is one of a kind. Yeah. As far as that goes, like I've, we've never been more fortunate. So, but the the reason it took so long, from what Con Ed told us, was because of that explosion that happened on Second Avenue. Right. Sure. They were very nervous about. Letting anybody do anything. Getting anything. Yeah. Getting anything. They were nervous to get anything wrong. Yeah. Let's segue over a little bit to Leif. So, well, I was Leif, just going to say, too, what kind of empathy did you have for that story after having gone through a fire? Because I remember reading that and being like, oh, my God, we oh, were so lucky. I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and, and the weird thing is, too, is that Carlos and I were walking on 2nd Avenue. We were on 9th Street and 2nd Avenue with that, when that building blew up. Mm-hmm. And so we were two blocks away, and we ran down. And we watched those buildings fall. And I just looked at him. I was like, this is not a good year for fire for us. Mm-mm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. But then finding out how it was done, too, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. The landlord was stealing gas and yep. siphoning gas. It's yeah. just. Yeah, unscrupulous work. Everybody, everybody was fortunate enough to not have been in their apartments mm-hmm. and to not be at work. But the thing so. is, too, is like, I mean, I don't know what your building is like, but we were 
We were also we were saved by the fact that our landlady let's, had taken such care. Let's pause for two seconds ago. Yeah. So Leif, you own Donna over in Williamsburg. That's and correct. Donna had a similar situation. You had electrical fire as well. A year and a half in, electrical fire actually in the space between the tenant above us and our space on okay. the ground floor. Yeah. Um, we didn't actually even notice it was a fire at first. We thought there was flooding because water was just was flooding the space from the ceiling. You were open at the time as well. We were open at the time. It was like 6 p.m. on a Saturday night. Um, and uh, I got a text from Matt Bellinger, head bartender at the time. He was like, uh, <laughs> there is water literally pouring from the ceiling. And so I thought the neighbor above had maybe left her bathtub on sure. or something. And called her and she said, no, but I smell smoke. And I was like, get out. And called every tenant in that building to get out. That's called great. the yeah. fire department. They were there within less than six minutes. It was like pretty remarkable and realized that it was a fire. Yeah. Um, the firemen are regular customers at our bar now, too. Yeah, us, so us as great. well. Yeah. The guys who saved your burning business. Yeah. yeah. Both of you. Oh, yeah. Amazing. That's, That's really great. cool. They're great dudes. Yeah. Like, real heroes. Seriously. Yeah. And, and I mean, just like the it, – that's it, another way that I appreciate New York is like to have that kind of resource uh, uh, readily available. We need that as business owners. Absolutely. That's why we were able to reopen. So did you go through any of these same issues with like Con Ed or, or the guests? Yeah. We, I mean, we had a nightmare with utilities uh, because we had – it was the middle of winter. Um, uh, there was a really intense cold snap. This was 2013. Um in November, and uh, our neighbors above were without um, heat all of a sudden because they went and shut off the gas. Yeah. And we had to, they would come, every time Con Edison or National Grid would come to try to hook up our utilities again, they would find some pre existing issue that we had, that would, had never been noticed before. And then all of a sudden, we'd have to like build something or apply for something and then reschedule an appointment. And you don't get an appointment next day. It's like a two-week minimum. So this happened probably six times. And just, just you know, one after the other, we would um, – I remember I was getting married at the time. And, like, I'm uh, – the day before my – added stress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm in California um, at a bathhouse, like at a banya. Um, the night before my wedding, uh, fielding phone calls with uh, tenants and National Grid, trying to Jesus. trying to get it all up. Nightmare. And how long? So how long were you closed? Nine and a half months. Jesus Christ! And we had been open for a year and a half. Yeah, and it's and it's really not it's not Con Ed or National Grid or anybody specifically doing anything wrong. No, not at all. Like it's just it, the system is fucked. It's yeah. just hard to get around. Like. Two weeks, two weeks wait for an appointment is ridiculous. Like yeah. it just, it's not a thing that should happen. Well, and, and I think right, it also for a critical utility like heat. Right. For yeah, our tenants were without heat for three months. But it also sheds light on the fact that the as as delayed and like a frustrating as the process to open a business can be, um, things also get rushed. So what we were coming up against was that there were issues that had not been resolved from the initial filing, or like you know, a, la- a lazy uh, inspector who yeah. might come in and just pass something out. And then it's not until there's an issue that they come back and they're like, oh, actually, you're not supposed to do this or that shouldn't have happened yeah. or the, the meter should be this far away from the wall or whatever it might be. And it's likely a different person who comes every time, so of, different eyes. Of course. They see a thing that the other guy didn't see. But as we see, like, what, what happened in Oakland, and it's such a crazy, tragic story, um, it's until there's a tragedy 
that um, change actually occurs. And that's when, you know, and, and like, you know, yes, it's frustrating as a business owner to go through the bureaucracy of it. But there's a reason. Every law that we have in place is probably because somebody got hurt as a result of right. sloppiness. I agree. Know? And in New York, too, the infrastructure, I mean, the buildings are so old, too. I mean, a lot yes, of them. exactly. Especially the ones that we're going to move into and it'll be able right. to open a bar in. So, yeah. Do you have to deal with, and you have landlords that don't take care of their buildings, mm-hmm. and so it's difficult. And right? I, again, I don't know what, what the issue or the situation was with Black Crescent, but um, I'm attracted to those buildings. I'm attracted to those buildings that have like age and character, and, absolutely, yeah, um, we all are, and history. And our our buildings from the 1850s, and it was a sailors' hotel initially. So there was a bar uh, on our ground floor when it was first built, and I felt. Um, very compelled to like bring it back yeah. to that. Also, side state. note: the Donna. If no one's been there, the ceiling in that building is the most incredible <laughs> thing gorgeous, I've ever yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. Like, and when I heard it was in the ceiling, mm-hmm. I flipped. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's a domed ceiling all over. Yeah, like, domes and arches, domes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you both built them back to original, right? You didn't. Did you make any changes? You don't even open a year. It's kind of like maybe you saw some changes you would have liked to make, and this was an opportunity. Only, only to make it easier for us behind the bar. Yeah, same. We, we took we took some money and we put it into like new bar rails, yeah. making the bar tighter, um, new windows because the fire department loves to break windows. And um, <laughs> perk of the job. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, and that was a new blinds. That was about it. <laughs> yeah. How did all, I mean? This I'll ask this to the both of you. Like, how did how did this affect you? Like mentally, was this? Did you go through some depression? Did you have some like issues? Well, I wasn't getting married at the time. I was I was actually just breaking up with a girlfriend, so it was kind of compounded. <laughs> These stories just are so <laughs> intertwined. <laughs> uh, so it, it kind of sucked, and I also live across the street from the bar too, so I saw it every day. Right, you had to watch it sit there. Yeah, or just sit in it empty by myself, hmm. which is what I did a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was very difficult. It was tr- it was a very trying time. I got fat, and um, but I honestly would not I would not change going through that. Again, I, w- I would, I would, I would keep that the same way. I learned a lot. I think I will be a better business owner as I move on to open something else. I know what I need to do the first time around. Um, but yeah, it was a very trying time. So, yeah, I think uh, similarly. I um, it was probably one of the hardest times of my life. Like not only because of how much work had gone into opening that business to begin with, and how proud uh, of it I was at the time. I felt like we got. Uh, nipped like right as we were kind of reaching our, our peak. Yeah. Um, I was getting married. Um, I we also found out that we were going to have a child, and Man, so a lot of burdens. It, it was a lot of stuff to deal with at once. And, and but it, but in that sense, the gift of it was that it was clarifying. So you know, I had gone through this process, and opening a business is hard. Anybody who looks at a bar um, or a bar owner with envy should take caution because <laughs> it's yeah. it's a hell of a lot more work than than it looks like on the surface, especially if you're ambitious and you want to do something that's unique and special. It's going to make a mark. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and for good reason. We live in you know the best city in the world, and it's, it's competitive for a reason. There's a lot of talented people here. Um, with Donna, it was, for me, a choice to double down or walk away. And I was close to walking away. It was so hard, and the, the, we had no money. We had run out of money within about two months of the closure because we still had to pay rent and still had to do other things. Um, so I, had to t- I decided to take out a business loan uh, to reopen. And we had just enough business history to, to be granted a loan through a bank. 
Um, and that was another risk. It was like basically <laughs> you know, like opening again. It was Sisyphus rolling the boulder right back up, you yeah, know, and like, are, do you want to start literally from day one again? And eventually my answer was yes. And, and it still is. And I'm gra- I'm glad I yeah, really am. Me you too. Know? Did you, did you, did you ever consider like just throwing in the towel and saying that done? Well, we did. Like yeah. after months and months of like dragging on. After like how after, much disappointment can you go through? After the third time, I'm not trying to make you relive it. No, I, no you're not at all. I'm, I'm, I, I'm I kind of trying to make you relive it. <laughs> <laughs> but after the third time of refiling and refiling and refiling, and also hiring like an expediting service and paying them thousands of mm-hmm. dollars, like this, there's a company that expedites, and they their job is literally to send people down to the Department of Buildings for every shift to file so you get a different person when you file so your file could end up some somewhere different that could get you put in earlier and after the after I found out that's what their job was that was when I wanted to quit I was like this is ridiculous like this is not even a thing that should happen yeah but um but this is what I this is what I want to do this is where I belong and so turning that around was the best thing I've done yeah so and it's been hard being reopened too cuz just just as leaf said Kind of at the peak, we really we really hit our stride. Hey, get we, your get your feet cut out from under you. Yeah, and um, and coming back from that is hard, especially after being gone for New York forgets quick. Oh yeah, and being gone for almost a year and a half, like we're a new bar now, mm-hmm. the same name, and people come in that were regular customers and ask if we're the same owners or if we just turn it over to somebody. Right, because so, they don't they don't know the inside story. Yeah. So they just know it was closed for a year. And that was the, that was one of the worst parts was just telling the story over and over again. Yeah, not this part, but you know, not this time. Well, yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. It's an interview show. <laughs> Pretty much what we do. Um, well, yeah. it's okay. Let's jump to some happy stuff. We're okay. gonna wrap up a little bit soon. But uh, the happy stuff is you're open. We're open. We're both open. Yeah. Also, I have you're gifts successful. for you guys. We'll you're get supposed there. to open them. We'll get there. Uh, you're successful. Things are going well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, things are going great. We're very happy. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Um, you know, we're we're doing great. So, yeah, we we were lucky to reopen, and you know, our sales have increased year after year since from the day we opened to now. And that was the the what felt like a risk. You know, like if we reopen, will we do as well as we had done before? And we were able to. You know, but um, it's. Uh, it never stops, you know. That's a, the funny thing about a bar. It's just like, to, or for me, I guess it's, um, it's like an endless project, you know. Yeah. Like I never, I never walk into that place and Boy, say, I like, agree with that. I'm done. Yeah. You know, there's always something. There's always that little other. Oh, I just got to get Man, that thing done. And then I I'll, can't. Yeah, and you can it attest to me you. awake at night. Yeah, yeah, of course, me too. I have 240 square feet, and it's still not done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be six years old in a couple exactly. months, and it's still not done. Well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, this is a little bit of old news, I guess, but I just remembered it. Both of you were up for the timeout award for what was it? What was the award for? Comeback kid. Comeback, Comeback kid. kid. That's right, yeah. Because you both came back from the ashes yeah. and you took it, right? I Donna, did. Yeah. Donna took yeah. It. yeah. And you took and you took it for best single spirit, single or focus, single focus bar. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I remember seeing you guys that in that horrible event center that we were at. Oh, it was lovely space. <laughs> I'm sure it was space. great. Uh, I don't remember much of it. I got a, That's the night I fell down the stairs and tried to tear my finger off. Oh, no. That's the night I went to the hospital. Uh, oh, I fell in the middle of the street, too. Yeah, well, I was at the front of the shot train. Um, speaking of shots, you brought us some contraband still. I did, This yeah. is Havana Club 7. I'm going to pour us a little. That's okay. Please, yeah. Uh, and then I need to... 
say thank you to both of you guys for being here. Thanks, Reynolds, for being on the show. Thanks, Lee, for being a pop-in guest. Yeah. And then I have some um, quick stuff to talk about. Uh, first of all, next week's show is going to be Daniel Bedoya. I'm probably butchering his last name. He's from the Third Man in the East Village. Um, he's going to be on the show, and then immediately following, he's going to do happy hour over at Grand Army with uh, with Damon Bolte, who we missed today. Um, and then I just got to make a quick mention. Tomorrow night is the Heritage Radio Network holiday party. We we work really hard for you guys all year long, and then uh, we don't we don't take a break during the holidays because that's a busy time for us. So our holiday party is tomorrow. I reached out to some friends to help me stock the bar, and I'm just going to list off uh, in no particular order who came through and, and made us a nice bar for tomorrow night's event. Uh, we got Campari America, Plantation Rome, Black Bottle Scotch, Leger, um, Fratelli Branca, Dad's Hat, Copper and Kings, Barrows Intense, St. Germain, Brooklyn Gin, Redemption Ride, Jay Rieger & Co., um, uh, Laird's Apple Brandy, Few Spirits, Jägermeister, and the entire team from the Lush Life came through with a lot of donations as well. So we're a nonprofit, uh, and for us to receive a lot of uh, help to throw ourselves a nice party once a year is, is very, we're, we're very grateful and we really appreciate it. That's huge. Awesome. Um, and then I'm going to wrap up the show by saying uh, if you enjoyed this show, please tune into Heritage Radio Network for thousands more just like it. Um, if you feel so inclined, uh, go to our website and click on the beating heart icon up in the top right corner and donate uh, so that you can help our nonprofit keep on bringing you shows just like this. Uh, again, thanks so much for being here, guys. It's lovely to see you all. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for doing this show. Yeah. And thanks for inviting me on, Red This is really great. It. Yeah. yeah. We Cheers need to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Thanks. Love you. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.